Bruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem B'Rachnuchim B'Shem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir Baruch Hashem We're hosting a Chalabek today And because of the Chalabek The house will be occupied So I have no way to give the Shir Unless I do it now And therefore Wednesday is Wednesday Even if it's not Wednesday night the Nishmas, of course, we always do. We dedicate to Befraim and Rukhanani, Yom Tavlipa, Rishmul Yaakov and Meisha, Haimim Baruch, and Jeanette Bas Avram, Ibrahim Hakoyen. This week's Parshas, Parshas and Nitzavim. Nitzavim and Vayelach are usually together. And when it's Avim and Vayelach are together, we have a total of 70 Psukim. When it's Avim and Vayelach are separate, it's 30 and then it's 40. So the Kriya this week obviously will be very, very short, brief. Although it's Shabbos and Varch Machedish, where we say the entire Tehillim. But. Because the Christ's tale is that short, it would relatively be shorter. And stavening by us seven seventy starts at ten thirty. <coughs> As Tilm starts eight thirty. We recite the entire Tehillim. Usually it takes approximately an hour mm. and a quarter. People are given time to go get the talis, to get the, to get a drink, whatever it might be. Um, and so it was always in the time of the Rebbe. Akapanam. The last few decades, Tehillim was eight thirty, and Shachar started at ten thirty. So although Shachar starts at ten thirty. Whereas it'll finish at 11.30, usually it's an hour, hour or something for Shachris. The Kriya is only about 15-20 minutes. And then is the Musaf. So we generally finish about the same time as we finish usually. Providing, of course, that everything goes smoothly. And that the Balkera is smooth. Bakhera tries to, of course, preserve his voice because he has to lean on Rosh Hashanah. And the Kriya Satera for Rosh Hashanah is that much harder of a Kriya since the tune is sung differently. The Shabbos, Pashas Nitzavim, as we said, Shabbos Varkam, Chedesh Tishrei, is, practically speaking, Ere Rosh Hashanah. Although Sunday is at Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah will start Sunday night. Monday and Tuesday will be Rosh Hashanah. Monday and Tuesday are Rosh Hashanah, Yatshem, Abba And we anticipate and look forward to davening and being respal and receiving the blessings for a very, very sweet and happy year. Shabbos is generally a time of joy. And since this Shabbos is the last Shabbos of Chedesh Eul, the culmination of the month, therefore we are rejoicing over the fact that Melech of Basada, the king, was in the field for an entire month the month of El and we davened and we prayed and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, as the king of the field smiling face with a smiling face 
accepted our beseechments, our requests, our tulis. And therefore, as we go into Rosh Hashanah, we go in with the joy and the full heart and the confidence and the faith knowing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has accepted our tefillahs. This Shabbos also finishes off Pirkeyavis with the Perikei and Vav. So not, not much rest for this Shabbos. Been rising early for Tehillim and rising early for Tehillim and then of course Pekeyavis, Tuprakim etc. etc. and preparing ourselves for Rosh Hashanah just that one more day that one more Shabbos Today itself is Chafei El, the 25th day of El. Happy birthday world. Today the world was created. The Eilam, the world. However, Eilam comes from a word, Helam, which also means hidden. And as the world is conducted by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in a form of deceit, hidden, not deceit, of hidden, in a form where we don't see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is actually running the world with our meaty eyes. We're in our own life, <coughs> in our circles, in the medical fields, etc., etc., we feel and find everything goes according to nature. Everything has a reason, everything has a rhyme, everything has a force behind it. And therefore, everything falls into place when it has to and where it has to. So, that said, we don't necessarily see the hand of God, the Creator recreating the world on a constant basis we don't necessarily see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the ruler of the world conducting His creation we can, let us say that we can imagine God created the world in six days But to be able to continue that in a way that we understand, that we know, and that we feel, and we hear, that that's still going on today, it's more difficult. Because the fact is, we see a world of nature going on. We see the natural habitats the creations. We see everything actually can fall into place in its own way, the water flowing down, the fire going up. So therefore the world itself, Eilam, comes into the concept of Helam, hidden. And since it's all hidden, we don't celebrate the creation of the actual world on the day that the world is created on its birthday, on Chafael, but rather we celebrate it on the six days later, which is the day of Rosh Hashanah, the day of the creation of the man. The day in which the world was given a purpose, was given a mission, a reason to rhyme to world. Rosh Hashanah is day of prayer. 
Mitzvah will discuss Mitzvah Hayyim B'Shefer. The day of the Mitzvah, the day is the Shefer blowing. The acceptance of the yoke of heaven. But everybody knows. Rashana, you go to Shul. And you daven. And there's somebody who leads the prayers. Chazan. The person that leads the prayers, we hope, has a nice voice, at least a pleasant voice, so that we can follow along. We can enjoy his melodies. If we really could get lucky, we hope that he's a God-fearing person. And by leading our prayers, he's also taking and seeing to it that our prayers elevate up high, up on high. One such story of a bully. That's what he'd be labeled as today, a, bur- a bully. It's called a burr in those days. And the boor side is a chazan. He was wealthy. <coughs> he had palatial house. He had everything going. Sorry. He said he wants to be the chazan. The congregation did not know what to do. They did not want him leading the, ser- the services. No faith in him. And they didn't think he was very God-fearing either. They didn't know what to do, because he was insisting that he leads the, the service. So a delegation of Chassidim of Yidin got together, and they went to visit Reb Meir Premishla, who was the district tzaddik, as we would call him. The district around those towns... Everybody went to Premeshlan for a mayor for a bracha. And when they came to the mayor and they bemoaned their situation, saying how nobody could stand up to this fellow, but nobody could stand this fellow either. And that he was not fit to daven for the Amid. The mayor said, I hear you. All the chazanim, all the bali tefila, all the people that daven for the yamid, that lead the services in all the different given areas and towns, shuls, they all come to me, sorry, they all come to me first for my blessing. That their tefillas, their prayers should be beautiful, should be accepted on upon high, they should be properly said, properly pronounced, their voices should last. And besides the fact that these people got paid for doing this, people just wanted it to work. So all the chazanim come. So I'm sure he knows that, and being that he wants to be a chazan, he too will come. Let me take care of it when he gets to it. Obviously the people had faith in the mayor, and they said, fine, so be it. And lo and behold, two weeks before Hashanah, the local chazanim from all around started to come to Rebmeya to beseech for bracha. And Rebmeya saw each and every one and gave each one the brachas. Finally, our fellow showed up. Rebmeya smiled. And he said to him, In Tehillim, there are three different ways, three different prayers, form, form of prayers that are mentioned. There's Tefillah Moshe, prayers to Moses, of Moses, Tefillah David, the prayer of David, and Tefillah Leoni, the prayer of the poor person. And it may explain, Moshe Rabbeinu, stuttered and he had a speech impediment besides the stutter and the burning of his tongue although they say that by the mountain tate everything was healed but this is how he used this is the expression he used 
However, Moshe was Moshe. He was the prophet of the Jewish nation. He was the king, the leader, the, the everything. And therefore, his prayers are the prayers of the most righteous. The biggest and the greatest Sadiqim, their prayers are compared to Tfilah Lemoisha. Because they're Sadiqim also. Then there's Tfilah Le David. David was very melodious. He too was righteous. He too was very smart. He too had his Holy Spirit rest on him from God. Wasn't a Mesha. But he had his harp, he had his instruments, and he had a beautiful, beautiful voice. So therefore, Tfilah the David, I'm sorry. The prayer of David for those Chazanim that have the beautiful voice. Finally, is Tfilah Leoni, the prayer of the poor person, the humbled, heartbroken, pained, distraught person. Nebuch comes before the Yamid, Nebuch comes before Akadish Baruchu, in pain, in pain. And he davens from the depth of his heart. He has nothing to, to be proud about. He has nothing to be excited about. He has no voice to be... some people talk about. He has nothing. But he's a broken keli. He's a broken vessel. This humility is very, very strong. So much so that his prayers also elevate to the highest of places. So he turns to this fellow, and he says to him, Tzila Moshe, are you as holy as Moshe? As righteous as Moshe? fellow says, no. Tzila David, do you have a glorious, beautiful, powerful voice? Man says no. Says it may I can't make you a tzaddik overnight. I also can't make you a beautiful voice overnight. I'm not a voice trainer. I could make you an ani. I could impoverish you. I could bless you that you become a poor man overnight. You'll lose everything you have, and then you'll be able to daven from the Tzvil Ani part. Man's eyes bulged out. He says, no, 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 no. Not doing that to me. I'm not becoming impoverished. He says, forget it. I don't want it. I'm not going to daven. So the problem solved. He quit on his own. We see, therefore, the way HaKadosh Baruch runs the world. He doesn't manipulate, he doesn't maneuver, he doesn't... Let's not use any fancy phrases, catchphrases. HaKadosh Baruch runs the world on a perfect measure. Nobody... Nobody, as we say in America, gets a free ride. And nobody is chasasholim, deprived. Hakadosh Baruch gives everybody what they need, how they need it, and when they need it. And therefore, as we come now to Rosh Hashanah, humble, not chasasholim, broken-hearted, the opposite, with joy, and with with certainty that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us like a father loves his child and therefore he will not say no to anything we ask and therefore will not deprive us of anything as we come before him and we daven this Rosh Hashanah the Mairev the Psukhi the Zimra the Shachris 
the Musaf, the Mincha, the Tashlich, which we do on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. We go to the waters, to a water bank, if we can, if we live close enough. And we daven and we throw our sins to the water for the birds who don't, the fish, I'm sorry, who don't get affected because they don't have eyes, the eyes don't close ever. And because you don't see them, there's no ayin hara on them. And therefore, they take away our sins and we go away pure. We've told this story before of the Tashlech that Chabad the Rebbe used to go to botanical gardens and all the excitement that happened there. Let us go back to Pashas Nitzavim. But not really Pashas Nitzavim. Let us go back to the Shabbos Mevorchim. Every Month, Shabbos before the Shchedish is called Shabbos Mevarchem Achedish. Shabbos that we bless the new month. Now the Chazan gets up and he makes the says the Mishab Beirach, and he says Yichat Sheyu, and he's machris. He calls out the Shchedish. This month will be on these and these days of the week or this day of the week. Habol in the Teva. And then Zichad Sheyu HaKadosh Baruch Again, all the blessings that we ask bestowed upon us during the new month. This Shabbos is different though. This Shabbos, we don't bench the Chiddush. It's Shabbos Mevarchim. It's the Shabbos that the month gets blessed. It's Shabbos Mevarchim, we say till him. We don't bless the month. One wise guy said, we don't have to bless the month, then we don't have to say till. But it doesn't go that way. Dr. explains in Tanya, in the name of his Rebbe, in the name of his teacher, the Mazich Magid, who heard in turn from his teacher, the Bishal Vashem Vashem Tiv, HaChedesh Ashvi, the seventh month, which is the first month of the year, the seventh of the months, because we count the months from Nisan, but it's the beginning of the year, Rosh Hashanah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'atzmeh Mevarcheh B'Shabbos The Almighty Himself blesses the new month. Wow! Which means the last Shabbos of Elul HaKadosh Baruch Hu benches the month of Tishrei and through this, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu does this the Jews, the Jewish nation has the power, the potential to bless the new months for the rest of the year. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless the new month? What does he say when he benches the new month? In the Parashav today, this week, Atem Nitzav Mayim, the word Hayyim implies Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, the Yim Adin, the Day of Judgment. As it says, Vayihi Hayyim, it was the day. And Targum translates, what was the day? This is the heavy Yem Dina Rabba. It was a day of judgment. Great day of judgment. And therefore, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu is blessing this new month, therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu guarantees us that Rosh Hashanah Atem Nitzavim you're standing you're existing standing proud and therefore you're going to be written in the good books 
Yeah. I'm recording this year. This block of generalization HaKadosh Baruch says Who's standing here? Who's actually standing here for the blessing? Rasheichem Shifteichem Zikneichem Shaitreichem Mechaitev Eitzecha Ad Sheiv Meimecha Everyone After the general blessing, the tailor mentions, enumerates each and every one single. Everyone accepts the brach, everyone receives this special blessing from HaKadosh Baruch that they need. What are they all for? Ultimate bottom line, what are we being blessed in order to be able to do? Le'evrecha bevriz Hashem Aleikecha To be able to fulfill the bris of God. This pact is a stipulation of unity. When two people make a pact between each other, they are joining arm in arm, hand in hand. They are becoming one. And so too has to be the Iskashus of Am Yisrael Takadish Baruch The dedication, the connection of the Jews to HaKadosh Baruch A Jew needs to feel that him and HaKadosh Baruch are one. He or she. The main stay goal to be able to do things and keep things where they should be. That the blessings of HaKadosh Baruch Hu need to be entrenched in our very physical world. But not just in a lower scale, in a small scale, in a low fashion, but rather in full fashion, full form, with plentiful known as harchova broad in a broad scale physically like you know the din of Rosh Hashanah is mainly in this world ain't adam nida in Rosh Hashanah in Yanei Ha'ilam person is judged only on Rosh Hashanah only for things that happen in this world and therefore the bracha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes in a way of Shefa Gashmi. Flowing physical blessings. And the same also, it comes to Avedis Hashem. Serving God. The main thing is it shouldn't remain spiritual. It should come down to a Maisa Bepeil. Mishnah tells us, Hamaisa hu ha'ikir. Mishnah knows The actual doing is the main thing. Saying is not enough. Thinking is not enough. Doing it. And therefore, the halacha is that you can't do a mitzvah by thinking it. But a person needs to actually fulfill it. Through this Avedis Hashem, like we have to, through us doing the way, the right thing, and this is especially Avedis HaTshuva, and by doing this we are making the pact, we are doing a Christmas bris with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. we merit, of course, to be Zeichen Badin, to be justified by the din, Chedesh Tishrei makes Hamashiva, Hamashbia, 
ברייב טוב לכל ישראל לכל השנה. מסביר. מסביר. The person is totally, totally satisfied and sated with kultu. Especially with the birchas chesiva, chesima teva, shana teva, mesuka, to teva, ikris, apnimis, what is the ultimate good? The ultimate good is the gula mitzah shleim edem mishatzkenu, in a way of nitzavim, as the Pasuk says, ve'elech eschem kemimios, kemeskufa, karav mamish. Standing straight and tall and proud. And therefore, Although we have differences, we have indifferences, we have differences, we treat and we think of different people in different ways, and we have our issues and we have our good points and we have our fallouts, we need to stand strong to a level, to a way, to a situation where we are united and as we know, united we stand. Pasukim la parsha tells us, "Vahaya ki yaveyu elacha kalzvaramela." When I'll bring upon you all these things, b'shavta devaya lekecha b'shemaytu b'keli, and you return to Hashem, your God. And you will listen in his voice. There's a sefer called Sefer Mitzvah's Cotton. It interprets this verse to say that the mitzvahs are say to do tshuva. If God forbid a person sinned, he's obligated to repent. And if he doesn't, he's neglecting a mitzvah. There are others, though, that read this verse differently. It says, according to other interpretations, that every Jew will repent eventually. Not necessarily as a commandment to do so, they will. And according to some opinions, it's not even a mitzvah to do tshuva. It happens to be a mean with, with together with a verbal confession which a person can atone for his sins if he desires as such. But it's not a mitzvah to do. What is this debate? What is this machlikis? There are two aspects when it comes to tshuva. Chassidus explains The soul has 613 spiritual limbs or faculties. Each one corresponds to another mitzvah. This is in the fourth perikatanya. And a deficiency in the fulfillment of a mitzvah causes a deficiency in the corresponding limb in one's soul. Tshuva, however, has the ability to repair those limbs. The limbs of the soul that have been damaged by a sin. Why? Because the profound desire to reconnect to God is drawn from the essence of the soul. The source from which each individual limb of the soul extend, Tshuva therefore draws new life into all the limbs and restores them to proper health. 
This therefore explains the opinion that tshuva is not a mitzvah. Feelings that stem from the depth of the heart expressing the essence of your soul must come from within. And when you act out of duty, you're not expressing your natural self. You're just doing it because you're going through the motions. Therefore, the Torah does not command us to repent as a mitzvah. Only when Shuvah is actually motivated By our own free choice, is it clear that it stems from the purest essence of our soul? Nevertheless, we do have the opinion that Shuva is a mitzvah. The goal of the Shuva is not only feeling of regret, a burning desire to return to God, but a practical observance of his mitzvahs. That these feelings involve and connect the future. As such, although tshuva is not something necessarily that must stem from within a person and not be motivated because this is the feeling that he has, it still has a mitzvah to it. Like other mitzvahs, person needs to be invigorated to fulfill it and to keep it the way it should be. Pash is told Pasuk says very interestingly chapter 30, 20, 29 verses 13 and 14 Not only with you it's not only with you that I go make this covenant and this oath. Thank you. I'm doing this also with those who are with us today and those who are not. A strange language, what do you mean with us and with that? The entire Jewish nation is assembled here by Mesha to enter the covenant of God with God. Mesha addresses them, explaining. This is not only with the Jews of the generation who are present at this time, but also all those standing here with us today before Hashem our, Hashem our God, and also with those who are not here this day. Meaning of the words of Rashi, even the future generations. Various commentaries discuss. Oh no! Oh, how did this happen? Discuss how the covenant could be binding on people who are not yet born. Not only not born, but future converts to Judaism. We keep in score at home the Gemara Shavuos Lamed Tesem 39 Sidei. 
So some explain the souls of the future generations were present when the covenant was made. So even though their bodies were not, their souls were there. Others explain that since a child is the continuation of his parents, the Yomaras used the lotion Regal Aviv, the leg of his father, the future generations were contained within those present at that covenant, and thereby automatically included. Rashi, however, however, does not use either of these either of these explanations, or any other one for that matter, which implies that Rashi understood this was rational, and it made hundred percent sense, and therefore does not need this whole rationalization. Ostensibly, Rashi is of the opinion that since God is not bound by natural limits, time and space, etc. He can enter into a covenant with people for the future directly. God's not restricted and limited to only this generation. So when he says those who are present, those that are not present, meaning in future generations, they're all present in God's eyes. By God, you know, God for a second by God is a million years by that person the person heard this and he says God could you lend me a couple million dollars for a second got a good deal going God answers him yeah wait a second for God there's no limitation Generations, God foresees all generations coming. Now we see in the verse itself, Imanu Ayim. It said already previously that those who are present are entering into the covenant. Why does he need to repeat again here those who are standing here today? Evidently, the tailor wishes to equate God's covenant with the Jews of the future generations and his covenant the same way with those in the present, emphasizing they are identical. Rashi therefore insists that the Jews of future generations enter this covenant not merely by virtue of their ancestors, presence at this covenant. Though the covenant merely with their souls, in contrast, physically present at the time, whose bodies too entered in the covenant, but rather every Jew for all eternity, body and soul, born Jew, convert alike, is direct and equal partner in this covenant with God. It's not something that's of wonders for you, far from you. It's not in the heavens. It's not over the seas. The Pasha is describing to us how simple it is for each and every Jew to learn and to do the Tayyid and Mitzvahs. As we just said, the mitzvah that I command you today is with you 
Not overseas, not in the heavens. Please. There are places that the tailor speaks in a guzma, in a hint, in exaggeration. Like when the jet, when the spies discussed Israel. Up in heaven. A little bit of a exaggeration form. Here, the Tate is not exaggerating. So, what is the Tate trying to tell us? The Tate is not found in heaven. Who thought that's where it is? But rather, these Psukim come in a continuation from the previous Pasha. Where the Teda prophesizes the exile of the Jewish nation. There too it refers to Shemayim. If you'll be pushed out to the ends of the heavens. And the intention, therefore, is not in heavens, but as far as you can imagine. as the distance of the person from heaven to earth. The Taylor is talking to the Nebuchadnezzar that's found in a goddess that is very, very far. And he could think perhaps he's so far from everything, from the Holy Land. It's like being far, like the heaven to earth. They'd be able to reach the stars in the heaven before they can get to Israel. And then they can actually be Mekayim Tehra Mitzvah, only then. Tells the Tehra Leba Shemaimi, Tehra is not found only in Israel. Karei Ve'lechom Hadavarim Eid is very close to you. Even found in Golos, the most flung, far flung Golos. And a deeper thought. <coughs> These words are said also to every Jew that's found far, far spiritually. And his spiritual connection to Teda, to Mitzvah, is like the heavens. Like across the seas. Tells the Tehrekia Mitzvah, says this Mitzvah, the Mitzvah of Tshuva, as it says in the Pasuk prior, Ki Toshuv, El Hashem Alekech, Bechol Levavcha, Bechol Navshcha, you return to God, your God, with your full heart and soul. This is what the Pasuk is telling us. The reference of the Pasuk telling us that it's not out of hand not so far still in all person tends to distance themselves and it says to himself that Shiva How could Shuba be so close? Because the truth of the matter is, Teda Mitzvah can't be ever far from a Jew. Each Jew, in essence, is bound with their heart and soul to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. All that we're asking is to tear away, to turn away the hidden that's hiding, that's concealing our true essence. And then it will be revealed 
Because you will see how not how how it, nothing is far, nothing is out of our reach. Tehillim mitzvah is always something that's korev and acham eid, and therefore asked even in the golos. To reveal ourselves, to bring to surface, and to see and to bring forth the true tshuva, and that way, umiyad heim ligolim will be redeemed immediately. Begula hamitas vashlema. Therefore, this time, I'd like to wish everybody a ksiva, vachsima teva, shana teva masuka. A sweet year, a happy year, nachas, with joy, peace of mind, peace of heart. And the Almighty should fulfill all our wishes in a positive way. And the ultimate wish, we go with Mashiach, Kenu, to Yushalayim, Mirakadish, before Hashanah, and we'll hear. You talk of a Shefer Godel, we'll hear the big blast, the big Shefer being blown in Yerushalayim, Yerakadish, being gathering together all the Jews from all walks of life, from throughout the world. And Yerlech Eschem Kemimius, the Hatzenu, Kachavis, and a good Kibbeh Shor, Shana Tova, Umisukah.